This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Oh, cat on the printer. <laughs> the cat loves the printer. That's amazing. I'm not. I'm That's not a sure really expensive scratching post. No, she won't even post. sit anywhere else. Like she'll sit. She'll like the table, but she always ends up on the printer. She has an Instagram. I'm sorry. It's Henny the Queen on Instagram. She's um. She sits on, on, on printers. Anyway, all right. Three, two, one. Podcast, we're making a podcast about 30 Rock. Podcast, we're making a podcast about 30 Rock. We're calling it Top 30 to me, it is great. Hi, I'm Kelsey. Hi, I'm Kimmy. And this is Talk 30 to me. Talk 30 to me. Do, do. That's not the official. <laughs> no, it's not. I just not. went for it. No, I, yeah. I don't like also, it, though. Shout out to Miss Kimmy Lucas here, who did an amazing job recording our theme on the freaking ukulele. Thank you. It took me so much longer than it should have. <laughs> it's amazing. I and I've always loved you on the ukulele in general. General Kimmy used to be in a band called the Fu, <laughs> we which so they cool. sometimes still make random appearances at Every now weddings. Then, there's a slight chance a cover of us doing Hamilton Skyler Sisters will be popping up yes. in the not too distant future. <laughs> but but uh, you. yes, you did such an awesome job with that. I I can't sing and I can't play guitar. Or stringed instruments of any sort so that was all you and you did a fantastic job like that <laughs> thank you that was really fun and again took away i was like this will be easy like three weeks later i'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine i shouldn't have said that because people are gonna hear it now and be like that took three weeks but thank you i appreciate it i had fun doing that uh, theme song it will be stuck in your head forever it's been stuck in my head for about a year um not a year that was um hyperbole <laughs> This is our 30 Rock podcast. Kelsey and I talk about 30 Rock a lot anyway, so we're like, why not record it? Why not? We like talking. We like microphones. We do like microphones. Mm -hmm. We really love Tina Fey. Love her. She's the hero. So, yeah, we're talking. What are the the episodes today? Well, so this is our third episode of the podcast. We've made it. So we are going to be talking about episodes four and five of season one. We have Jack the Rider and Jack Tor. We are... Doing our 30-30 segment here. 30-30. Uh, uh, where are they now? Uh, 30 Rock News, or just other 30 Rock things that have st- we've stumbled across in yes. the past, um, well, since we last recorded. Yes. So I there's two things, and you probably can talk about one of them more than I can, that I'm now realizing. Since our last episode that we recorded, uh, the new season on Break with Kimmy Schmidt came out. Oh, so Jane, Jane I didn't Krakowski. think about this. This is not what I was going to talk about at all. Oh, how funny. Schmidt's I was so sitting there, and I was like, sense. okay, just that one. I'm like, oh, no, yeah, no. Unbreakable like, Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Season two came out. Oh, my God. Um, Have you watched it all already? I've watched not all. I've watched the first four or five episodes. What is episodes, taking you so long? I, what's taking me so long right now is that for book love, we're reading Emma by Jane Austen. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. And I've got about 300 pages to read by tomorrow night. Oh, goodness. No, you have to finish it, first of all. Like the last season, I felt like the last couple episodes were really strong. Okay. okay. But this whole season, I... I really like it. Got it, got it. I think this is Titus Burgess's season. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited this is about his season. What about, man? I'm gonna have a really good thirty thirty after the next. What are you doing with Titus Burgess? I Kelsey? get to go see the live <laughs> performance of The Little Mermaid at the Hollywood Bowl, and Titus is there, and I am so excited because he's playing Sebastian the Crab. <laughs> And it's going to be amazing. It'll be but so good. In 30 Rock, Titus hasn't even shown up yet. So if spoilers, sorry, Titus shows up. <laughs> but he's not as Titus. It's a whole thing. Yeah, we'll it's there. fantastic. Like we'll get there. But my other 30-30 moment is that I have been reading Tracy Morgan's. I always, I'm like, Jordan Morgan, Jordan <laughs> I always Morgan. have to think about it, too. Tracy's book, I Am the New Black. 
Um, which I've wanted to read for a long time. Like I have an obsession with pop culture autobiographies. I love all of them. Like you read more Tina than Fey's. anyone I know. They're so much fun. Like it just, I love them because it's so far from my reality. Like it's just, it's just so entertaining to me at every level. And so Tracy Morgan's I had in my queue because my favorite part about the autobiographies, I say reading, but I listen to the audible version of them. I love reading books like real books and Kindle books, but autobiographies are so much fun because 99% of the time, except for Chris Jenner's autobiography, <laughs> the actual person that the book is about, the author is the one reading it, which is really, really fun when it's celebrities like, oh, Mindy Kaling, you're doing that. Or like in Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's books, they have, they're talking about like a skit from SNL and they put the actual audio from the live skin there, which I is just, when they do that, it's yeah. kind of fun. So with, with this one, I had put it in my queue a long time ago to like, okay, like get it when I have another credit or when I finish whatever I'm reading now. Some of the reviews kept saying like, and I, when I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, Tracy Morgan, it's like Tracy Jordan wrote a book. And the top review was like, if you're looking for Tracy Jordan's book, like it's not the same thing. It's not, it's obviously not Tracy Jordan. (laughs) Duh. It's Tracy Morgan, but he is Tracy Jordan. So I'm listening to it (laughs) and I haven't been disappointed yet. I've been just about as confused, but also enjoying the book as I am about Tracy in general. Like he's not a great writer. But that's not, he's not supposed to be. Like, it's fine. He, uh, but I I love listening to him read his own book. And I wish I had the physical book to compare with while I was listening to it. Because I'm sure he goes off on these tangents when he'd be like, and I love my, I love my pa, whoever. Yeah, yeah, I really love you. And you're like, okay, like, he's like, I I feel sometimes that he's reading the book like it's a letter to his friend, (laughs) which is kind of sweet. Um, At the beginning of the book, he kind of goes on, I don't remember everything about it, but he like goes on a Civil War tangent (laughs) at one point, which was kind of interesting. So it was really kind of fun while I was listening to the book that he talks about Biscuit, which was we had talked about that on the last episode, where I'm like, who the heck is Biscuit? Like, (laughs) why is that the random name that Tracy throws out? Like, and I got a character named Biscuit. You were really compelled by Biscuit. I was. I was gravy and like, it was like this whole thing and yeah, turns you got, out you got you fixated on biscuit i did and then i i listened to this book and he's talking about how like that's biscuit is the character that got him famous who it was a character he played he wore a propeller hat and he was he was just kind of representing what it was like to grow up where he grew up which was in new york and that was a whole other interesting thing and a very he doesn't have a happy life um he talks about his mom and his dad and the divorce and getting tugged in both ways and then his dad ended up um dying from aids uh, at some point, it was just like this whole thing. And he used to play football, and it was just a very you like you always. Uh, I always I never knew what Tracy's backstory was, and then I read it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like rough life. But I'm so glad that he got to where he was. And he talks about going through the divorce with his wife, but he has a new girlfriend. But his ex wife is still his best friend. He still loves her, and they're you know they're sticking out for the kids. And it was it was just I just would like seeing actors that I or characters that I enjoy in show seeing their actors and really enjoying them as well and obviously Tracy in the last couple of years has gone through a lot of stuff he had that horrible accident Mm -hmm. he's getting back around everyone's just so happy to see that he survived that and he's he's just this this awesome guy now um but it was really fun to to read his book I'm almost finished with it because again I've been reading Jane Austen uh (laughs) which is very different than Tracy's autobiography (laughs) on every level but yeah so that was kind of an interesting book so I suggest if you enjoy Tracy in general I think pick up his book because it's just kind of uh but there's definitely you find a lot of things about Tracy Jordan the character do come from Tracy Morgan as a person um which is kind of kind of fun and interesting wow yeah no it sounds like a really compelling book he does have a really interesting story 
Um, and he's a unique individual who I really enjoy and who has such flavor to this show. Yes. Well, that's good news. Well, I didn't have anything, so okay, cool. this is perfect. And plus, Biscuit is very interesting. Biscuit was. And that was fun. I forgot about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I watched the entire thing. Really? Okay. I watched, oh, I watched all of it. Very, <laughs> I pretty much shotgunned it in a weekend. All right. I like it. It's so, that show is just a delight. I really like what they did with the different characters. I think Jane Krakowski mm-hmm. is wonderful this season. Her arc is really interesting, but I, this is definitely Titus' season. Ellie Kemper is great, but this is Titus Burgess' season. That's, I got to, to one of Titus' major storylines and I was like oh yeah (laughs) all right I really enjoy it I like this show so much also that's another we were talking about this before about how like how come certain characters get to be themselves on a tv show and Titus is another one where the actor and character are the same name yeah it's true I always find that line really weird when you that line of like I'm this person but I'm not I don't know it's not a that's not a full thought yeah it's just an emotion (laughs) that I decided to voice and incorrectly I think the other thing I wanted to say about Kimmy Schmidt is this is okay. First of all, the line of spoiler is really unclear. I don't think this is a spoiler, but if you're like so freaked out by spoilers, don't listen right now. Skip ahead 15 seconds. 15 <laughs> seconds. No, T- Tina Fey shows up late in the season. I don't know if you've gotten there yet. No, I, I haven't. Well, Tina's that makes sense because she was in the first season. She too, was. So so she's got a really a, great bit in this John season. John <laughs> um, I don't want to answer that, actually. So you'll see. Um, that might ruin things. But either way, I really like her, though, in it. So it's Go great. Ahead. So that's all. That's all. I liked this new season. I'm really bummed it's over. Why did I watch it so quickly? I don't right. know. But it was great. So our episodes today, so we have Jack the Writer, episode four, mm-hmm. and Jack Tour. Can we just talk about the fact that it's so weird that they put these two episodes next to each other? It weirds me out. A, like, not a bad way, but just like... Well, okay, so... It's like redundant. It's, it's just so it's strange. Stupid. It's him stepping in and both ways. It's weird. They just shouldn't be placed next to each other. <laughs> okay, they originally? Up until... Oh, you know, I didn't look at that, but up until... Yesterday, two days ago, I n- never put together that Jack Tor was Jack the actor. Uh, <laughs> I always, <laughs> I could never understand why the episode was called that because I was like, there is no dinosaur in this episode. <laughs> like Jack the Raptor. Like that's what I kept thinking. And not even kidding, it was 24 or 48 hours ago that I finally was like, oh my gosh, it's Jack actor, Jackter. Got it. Instead Kelsey, of. No. I, you know, sometimes I have some great things to contribute. And <laughs> then there's one of them. No, that's one of the great things. Are you kidding me? Jack Tor. That's absolutely oh. perfect. Yeah. You are a strange woman and I love uh, you. Oh, Laura. man. The way my brain works sometimes. Well, I just always found it really weird. <laughs> I almost wondered, and I didn't research this, but I've almost always wondered if they were not supposed to be next to each other because there's kind of redundant themes in them. If it's Jack, right. Jack overstepping into a role that isn't his and then Liz having to learn to stand, stand up to him. Right. That's interesting. And so I've always wondered, like, oh, I bet these were separated and then they must have reorganized. Together. It just hits me as very strange that they're together. It's fine. It's, yeah. They're both well, really true. good and episodes. None of the storylines, that's just a quick replay in my brain, none of the storylines affect other episodes where they would need to have been in order. Oh, granted, most of the episodes are pretty good standalone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first episode we're going to talk about, Jack the Writer, uh, before I give my little recap. So first of all, air date, November 1st, 2006. Happy day after Halloween. And the director of this one... <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> the director of this one is Gail Mancuso, which, looking at her credits, she has done a ton of stuff. Uh, Modern Family, Fresh Off the Boat, Community. Um, she did about eight episodes of 30 Rock Scrubs, Return of Jezebel James, which is an Amy Sherman Palladino show that didn't get much attention. Oh, Five episodes I of Gilmore that Girls. Show. Wasn't that with Rebecca that did that cherry tree? So I remember that show. I remember. 
Maybe I don't. I might not remember that show. Was that Rebecca Romjan? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, who cares? Continue. Um, she did 14 episodes of Friends, Roseanne. She's she's done a couple of things. Go Gail Mancuso. We're yeah. fans. We're big fans. Yeah, so that was kind of awesome. So my recap of the episode um, is that Jack makes everyone uncomfortable in the writer's room and Sri makes Liz uncomfortable. <laughs> with clothing, I guess. Sri makes Liz uncomfortable with clothing. That's kind of what Jack's a writer and there's this weird... Uh, clothing issue between Liz and Sari. I think those are the the main points. Um, how does it play out? Um, how does it play out? That's a great thing. So Liz has to have some uncomfortable conversations. I guess she has uncomfortable conversations with everybody. I mean, that's Liz's is really job, what it is. Really. Yeah. This whole show is Liz being uncomfortable, but that's, particularly this episode. Yeah, so specifically she has, so Jack, part of his Six Sigma leadership cha- training program is that like you need to understand how every part of your company works and so he's gonna be in the writer's room every day um and that i understand the uncomfortable part of that because i've had to do that before where i've like done my job and somebody has sat next to me to watch it not to critique me but just to understand better so we can like improve things and, it's and still that is not fun oh it's what we're like have you ever tried typing with somebody looking over your shoulder i worked at a law firm Yes, it's, I did. Right. You suddenly can't type the word and. It's just horrible. And you're like, I swear I know how to do my job. I know how to type. I know my last name is spelled this way. I worked for our friend Andrew, and he used to like stand over my shoulder and then be like, why are you typing badly? I'm like, because you're right here. Because <laughs> like, you're away. right here. <laughs> I would work so much faster if you're not over my shoulder. Luckily, we had that friendship where I could be like, go away. And he'd go away, and then he'd come back and read it. <laughs> you're like, look how much more I've done because you walked away for 30 seconds and you were standing there staring at me for five minutes. <laughs> so, um... So Jack is watching them. Yeah, so Jack is watching them, and they make some horrible sketches, and Liz ends up having to tell Jack, you need to get out of the room, which then turns into Liz being told by Jonathan, which I would say would be an uncomfortable conversation, but Jonathan enjoys saying it for Jack, so I don't think it's really that uncomfortable for him, (laughs) having to say, you need to apologize to Jack, and then Jack being like, don't apologize. It was just super weird and awkward, but it got Jack out of the room. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this whole time, Suri is wearing some insanely inappropriate outfits, but then some of them also aren't horrible compared to the other ones she's worn. Um, And Liz having to explain that there are certain expectations when you work, when you work, I guess is really what it is. And that she needs to change her outfits. And there's also some uh, chameleon air situation. It's it's really, it's, it's, it's Jack and Liz trying to find their balance better. I think that balance between boss and subordinate, (laughs) husband, wife, brother, sister, landlord tenant i don't know there's just some they're just figuring out their balance and and jack wanting to be liz's friend but having to look important and professional and stuff to and how like he has control to his suit buddies and all that stuff mm-hmm. so um it's just some finding a balance which is really what the whole show ends up being about anyway yeah no i like they actually said the husband and wife bit because i don't think maybe i'm no probably a lot of shows explore this but i like that the show really goes into what is it to have a work husband or wife because that's a huge aspect i've noticed of the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and a lot of industries where you often find men and women who are married have their own family lives but they kind of end up with a work husband or wife which is just there's that person they rely on in the workplace they're their friend or their confidant and that's definitely the jack and liz relationship their work husband and wife doesn't she i think this is in a later episode i don't think it's she says something in a later episode where she's like work husband slash she she describes the relationship that way and then jack just has i don't know if it's a landlord tenant comparison but that, that comes up later on but the one thing i do like uh, appreciate about their husband and wife because i always just get icky feelings sometimes about when it's uh, you know a, a, a superior who's a male who's married and a female who's younger and not married that you, you can just get icky feelings about that and i appreciate that i don't get that about this they no, do a really, really good innocent. job there's no 
what you call sexual no tension sexual or anything yeah at all nothing nothing at all in my dorm i had a friend in college who was like a hardcore liz and jack shipper <laughs> a hardcore les and i'm like that's oh, a weird way to describe that's someone. how i made so this is who she is no hardcore liz and jack shipper like really believed it was gonna happen and i never knew what to do with her because clearly they were nothing yeah i mean i don't know I and now and tina talks about that in her the bible mm-hmm. that that was never gonna happen no it was never the point no, of yeah. it and so i never knew what to do with that dear friend of mine i was always just like you're gonna be really disappointed yeah because that's not this relationship yeah but. not what it's about no perfect this episode can we talk about how the first joke is a donald trump joke i know i like so appropriate <laughs> well then because there's a jeb bush joke later and i was like and, too real and is it in this one or in the next one where obama's mentioned too but that's the next one is that the next one but yeah, yeah but and i get they always did political jokes but for me i'm like this election they right like, it's this election <laughs> they knew that this would be culturally relevant 10 years later it's, yeah it's in 10 years too maybe it's like some weird like universe they mashing alternate nbc has got their hands in the oh yeah it's true if we were like if we were like truthers would be like this is a proof that they knew right. the conspiracy theory. the conspiracy but yes I just, but so don trump was attacked by a lion on the call him don trump i don't think so i hope i not. heard don uh, you probably said Donnie Donnie trump you Ugh. probably just shortened old but i heard I, good old don trump good old don trump was attacked <laughs> on the international space station by a lion <laughs> and this of course is happening while they are all distracted by Ceri's outfits yes oh god um, things Ceri wears her different outfits i just don't even which i i wrote at one point holy thong because <laughs> she's and the thing that it made me remi- it reminded me of is there's an episode of degrassi <laughs> is it degrassi or degrassi did you just like i always say degrassi, say degrassi. is oh, it degrassi? degrassi degrassi i don't know what it is i've always said degrassi in my in potato <laughs> yeah potato potato tomato tomato um, the cat is now asleep on the printer yeah. um the, there was an episode like i don't know why i remember this i didn't have cable or anything growing up but that one of the girls got a thong and everybody was obsessed with it and they wore their thong intentionally so that the straps came above their it's hips. It's super early aughts. Like that's such an early 2000s thing. Yeah, that, that was just the whale a, tail. Yeah, which I'm just like, that is... That, uh. It's but, gross, but it's yeah. just, that's what cracked me up is all of this clothing is so like early 2000s that she's wearing. Like it's this like is the ridiculous. cool stuff that high schoolers are wearing, basically. It's ridiculous. No, let's do a Suri fashion corner. So yes. Let's just do a fashion corner in general for this sure. episode. Okay. The clothes are perfect in this episode because yes. Sari at one point I wrote down all of her outfits I think at one point we did the whale tail and jeans mm-hmm. with those with the rips in the back under the butt yeah that's what? not a thing how does that happen maybe she got stuck getting off the subway and like <laughs> the turnstile had some stuff on it and it ripped so her butt's falling it's out. just so absurd and then she wears that denim vest or she decides a- to maybe turn them into shorts and then stopped halfway, halfway through halfway through yeah. <laughs> exactly no that that I did those tears entertain me heavily then the denim vest and the tartan skirt Mm-hmm. And then she wears a mini skirt with a tie, yeah, on like a tank top and a hat, <laughs> which that was at least the more modest of the outfits. It was one of the more modest ones, but then my favorite one is definitely poncho and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that okay? Well, and then later on, after at some point during the episode, Liz has to have a discussion with Suri where she's like, You need to wear a bra. Suri's like, No, I don't. They, whatever. And <laughs> so then the next day, she shows up and she's like, Look, Liz, I'm wearing a bra. And she's wearing a bra and underwear over like under a see-through dress you know? it's absurd she's like well done Suri good Those job colors hit me as early 2002 like that's when Victoria's Secret was exploding it was all hot pinks mm. and then when she wears that tartan dress and it's the uh, ridiculous like tank top short combo all the sweat gear too when everyone was into juicy oh yeah yeah, yeah. It just I love these clothes because they're such a reminder of like when I was like a teenager and she's 
it reminded me how much Paris Hilton was a thing. I forget. Oh, yeah, Remember yeah, when yeah. Paris Hilton was all anyone talked about? Yep. And what was funny is everyone was ups- like horrified. Like, I can't believe we cared this much about Paris Hilton. No one, does anyone talk about Paris Hilton anymore? Well, um, I think it was BuzzFeed the other day. <laughs> that, uh, it was on it was some BuzzFeed story, I think, that was talking about all the different cell phones that Paris Hilton has had over the years and how she like jumped. Why am between, I not reading this article? Dude, right it now. was like she jumped between a BlackBerry or she like started with an, an old flip phone and then went to a Razor and then had a BlackBerry and then an iPhone and then back to a BlackBerry and like she's had a BlackBerry recently, like three years ago, and then she's walking around with three phones at one point. Um, but I went through the entire article I'm like, and then what did she have? How was she like? <laughs> It was, yeah, but so that was the latest on Paris Hilton that I've heard. <laughs> no, I see. I haven't heard about Paris Hilton at all recently. Like, no one talks about her anymore, which we were all very afraid that she was like ruling society. In their defense, Kim Kardashian just took over. So yeah, it's not a huge true. difference, but I just forgot how much Paris Hilton was a thing until I looked at Sri. I'm like, oh, this is all. Because she even says, that I can make this hot. And I'm oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot people said that. Which I got so. I Because that was when she's trying to help Liz dress hot, which also we get Lee, the costume guy again. And Liz's outfit, Liz's her, outfit that did that like handkerchief torn, the dirty. With I remember those handkerchief hems. Don't you remember those? Mm-hmm. Those were huge. The um, asymmetrical sleeve, that color of teal, and her hair. Oh, I wrote on here because as a redhead, there are certain colors I cannot wear. Teal is my go-to color. You look good in um, teal. I think I no, I have blue on today. Um, but I was sorry, don't mind me. That I was. Everybody looks good in teal. Everybody. It is impossible to look bad in that color unless you're a Smurf, I guess. But like. Sorry, that's the only. I was like somebody who's blue, Smurf, but she looks beautiful. Like that dress would have been our if it didn't say "Dirty Diva" on the front of it. Oh, see, okay. I mean, it's a beautiful color on her. Like, I'm not saying like that they shouldn't have adjusted sleeves and made it, but like in general, like it wasn't unflattering. Like for the time, I think it worked. Like the whole sleeve situation, Mm -hmm. but it said "Dirty Diva" on it. It was great. No, that's my story. That scene. That's the first scene of Thirty Rock I ever saw. I know. I told the story about watching Mm -hmm. I watching the second episode. The first. Season two, episode one. That was my first Seinfeld episode, Seinfeld Vision. But I remember the ads, and that was in the ad. Oh, and I remember funny. thinking that was so sad and funny was them throwing <laughs> things at her or telling her she looked like a fancy prostitute. Right? You look like a fancy prostitute. Oh, dude. I love that bit. So the closing is also, the other thing I noticed... I will never get over. I'm probably going to talk about this every episode. A shocking amount of bootcut jeans. Just those uh, boot yeah. cuts with those boots so you can put your boots underneath. Mm-hmm. It's just such a different world we live in now. Which I can't even. I'm always like, I need skinny jeans so they can go underneath my boots. Yes. that's why I paid money for my boots so you can see the boots. Exactly. And I forget that. we always People used to always wear boots under yep. the jeans, which hits me as, I mean, of course we'll be doing it like our children will be doing it in 10 right, years. Right. It'll be like super cool. I don't know why I say my children in 10 years. I don't have children now. And like, are we, are we, gonna, are we, we have to have kids we in have 10 years. Like right now, and when they're 10, would they be doing it? Probably not anyway. But like people will be doing it in 10 years because 90s is a thing now. But I just, the boot cut jeans, yeah. there's so many. I forget that they're a thing. And the only other time I'm reminded of boot cut jeans is there's um, a camera store down the street from where I work. So often I'll be at lunch outside of it, and there is a cutout of a woman with a camera looking cool. But she's clearly from like 2004 because she's got big old bootcut jeans oh on. Oh my gosh. And it, it delights <laughs> me to no end every time I see it. It's just so of the time. I love it. But I love the clothes in this episode. That's I did want to see because when Suri does make that comment about, oh, I can make this hot, I was really disappointed that we don't see what she does to make it hot. She just like walks away with this tan suit, basically. And so, I can make this hot, and then 
I wanted to see her do something, make it hot. And I it wanted show to up, do so. something. So that I'm hoping happen. that's in uh, a deleted scene somewhere. Yes. All right. So what did you think of these incredible? Um, so Jack's offering all these ridiculous catchphrases. They're trying to go catchphrase back backwards. Oh yeah. I really love nuts to you, New McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy. <laughs> I'm gonna try to use that. And then beep beep ribby ribby. That shows up other points in the show. Does it show I up think later? it does too. Because I feel like I knew beep beep ribby ribby well, really well. For some reason I'm associated the robot bear sketch was the last episode I think around one of the Does it just become their go to robot sound is I beep beep so. ribby ribby? Which I mean that's my go to robot sound <laughs> as well. <laughs> I just there's something very fun about saying beep beep ribby ribby. And I'm there are a lot of really good lines in this episode. I'm because <sighs> this is when you get live every week like it's shark week oh my i don't gosh. believe in one way so i see that shark people. week quote on totes and things <laughs> i i for a while i was like 30 rock didn't invent this i see it everywhere no 30 rock invented that line and i've seen it on posters on sh- and being someone who is in some way shape or form affiliated with discovery anyway <laughs> that that line always just destroys me and i think it's even used discovery has they've like, decided quote like-, it. like i think they adopted it maybe not but i see that quote everywhere and it starts here that's awesome well done tracy Go, Tracy. <laughs> I love it. And that's, of course, when he's giving his advice to uh, to Kenneth, which starts with the episode. The first scene you see after the opening credits is Tracy standing in the hallway throwing bologna at the wall. Wait, they never touch on the bologna thing. No. It bothers me every time. Like, no one, Kenneth doesn't even peel it off. They just leave it's the bologna. It's there. Which, part of me was really bothered, and part of me kind of wants to buy bologna because it sticks. Apparently. It stuck really but well. It just reminded me, because I've spent... I. I've spent a lot of time recently at high schools for different competitions and I like have to run to the restroom between breaks and the spit wads on the ceiling and the wall that's still a thing and that's gross to me but that's what this just kept reminding me of did like, we outgrow mm. that when we got cell phones or like apps like I can't hope you so. if there's an app for throwing spit wads at the fake like, wall mm, that's so not digital uh, yeah what a gross <laughs> like that's nasty that's come on what kids that is. I thought you were all technical yeah this is really the birth of the Kenneth Tracy though in a lot of mm-hmm. ways the like, start this is of their... like the real weird dynamic that they have yeah because then it ends well one of the things is with him going to anniversary Jenner with the fake wife <laughs> not the that's not her mm-hmm. I know I've seen her in other things too I've seen that actress yeah. but they I, I'm intrigued at the choice of getting her and then they get a different yeah, at what point did, yeah, did they switch yeah. I, I I can't remember if she's like because I don't think Angie shows up again for another season or two I don't she doesn't show for a little bit at yeah least. so I think that and they hire Sherry Shepard yeah Sherry Shepard yeah, Sherry Shepherd. yeah so they bring on someone else but I, I it was weird seeing Mrs. Jordan be like oh that's not like you are like you do not work well with Tracy because Sherry Shepard just does an amazing job she's like so their, their stuff is so much fun that this lady is a little bit too Mrs. Huxtable to me. For Though me. <laughs> I liked her because she had a real good sassy face, but it's not Mrs. Jordan. It was yeah, just strange. You know, early season problems. Yeah. Early in the season. Oh, wait to do the Frank Hat Report. Yes, I know. Which, Frank Hat Report. That's a good theme song. I might just have to keep that one. So we start with Ninja Expert. Mm-hmm. And then we have Arcade Champ. Arcade Champ. And then doesn't it go back to Ninja Expert? Well, it goes Bigfoot Expert. Oh, I missed Bigfoot Expert. Mm-hmm. So when they're doing all the, the jumping and back between Ceri's different outfits, because oh. they get like a couple of days in a row, mm-hmm. that's where Hat's got a Hat's got a couple of Franks on his mm-hmm. head. Um. <laughs> I really want Bigfoot Expert, actually. That'd be a fun I hat. like that one. That's my favorite one. But yeah, so when he goes back to Ninja Expert. There's Ninja Expert on and off for this episode yeah yeah he does yeah there was a couple of re- and he his does first hat too yeah yeah in the very first episode that I was ninja so. expert because we talked about the fact that like how can you yep, be a ninja expert um it is yes but and then he goes back to arcade champ so they've got this is going to be interesting to see how many of the hats they repeat yeah we're gonna find i've never noticed the repeating hats until mm, that's always, oh that's so it. funny and then we're like oh wait like we've seen that one we've before. done this before um 
what was I going to say? So, Chameleon Air ends up being a recurring theme throughout this Has episode. Has he had any music in the most recent history? Not I recently, but I was trying to figure out, like, why was he such a big deal? And in 2006, he was nominated for the AMA's Favorite Breakthrough New Artist in 2006. He I remember him a being best, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was, like, the best rap video in 2006 and won the Best New Artist for the 2006 BET Awards. So, he obviously was was doing well that year, and I just love that the people at 30 Rock thought that this was this was really important. I appreciated that. I don't think he's had anything really since like um 2011 I'm seeing one. All right. 2013 he did an EP. Okay. I think he was on someone else's EP. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. He hasn't done Chameleonaire. Where did you go? This is a cry to Chameleonaire. <laughs> Please come back. Your dance music was fun. Please. Because Frank's dancing when they have their one minute dance break, he looks like he's on fire. He's like <laughs> doing these things while Liz is just... not a just, good dancer. Yeah. Liz is surprisingly good, I think. She Every time a, she dances, I'm like... Mm, I can't dance for women. anything. I can do like line dancing or swing dancing, like organized dancing, but... If someone's like, oh, yeah, I just dance when I'm feeling bored or something, I'm like, no, that is not a thing. That to me, I can't. I'm like, They're you look good. weird. I also think that me saying chameleonaire, your dance music is fun, is the whitest thing I've ever said in my entire <laughs> Probably. life. Probably. I heard it, and I was like, oh, I, I like that. it. Of the different, when they had to come up with the different serial names. I was going to say, names. can we talk about these serial names? Which is your favorite? Fruit Lupus. Oh, I was going to say, it's Fruit Lupus or Swastikos. Swastikos is pretty funny. I didn't think what Honey Bunch, there was Honey Bunches of Sadness, and then... I didn't fart get that nuggets, one at all. Fart, right? uh, that wasn't funny. I was like, Jack, you... No, that's not well, funny. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess so boy terrible, humor, He has terrible taste in humor. He He's does. studying comedy by... Not that Friends isn't wonderful, but it's like, I'm studying comedy. I'm watching Friends. <laughs> what happens to Watson Rachel? Ugh, don't tell me. Like, <laughs> that was that was one of my favorite lines, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I love... This is when the first and not the last time that we learn about Pete and his relationship with his kids that oh, how it's just awful weird. it is yeah but he's scared Kyle, of one of his kids the little one he's so strong <laughs> i really like that i also like that pete fails at everything including when he's even trying to kick something he just falls over <laughs> that was like, he the can't best. even kick a chair over he just falls just that poor man he uh, scott adds it absolutely just owns the sadness that is pete and i got really lucky i saw him do a comedy show recently i think i talked about this last time but it's so weird how much I expected him to be more Pete-like, oh, which is off. I mean, I know yeah, he's yeah. not Pete, but he's he is such a confident, like well-spoken man. And I was surprised because he's so good at Pete. He's so good <laughs> at being just this like shimmering, like tremor of a man. Right. You're like, um. But actually, I have a whole theory about Kenneth I want okay. to talk about. So I think this episode is the beginning. Without saying too much, Kenneth is a very special character. And I think this episode really starts beginning setting that thread that Kenneth is a little bit magical and it's it's a joke he talks to the mm-hmm. rat like rat go get help when he's trying to climb which I was like alright enchanted in Snow White <laughs> yeah but there's the thing I noticed really interestingly the music the music from what I gather doesn't really interact with the characters much on the show the music just plays and it happens mm-hmm. it's a background thing the music interacts with Kenneth yeah but Kenneth will be walking and then the music stops and then he turns direction and the music picks up again and the music will play to his steps the music interacts with Kenneth in this episode and I'm really excited I haven't noticed that before and I want to watch pay attention because Kenneth there's always a little bit of a magic to Kenneth and I'm wondering if this is already them establishing it the world interacts with Kenneth in a different logic than it does with everyone else okay and he's magical and I think the music this was the first time I was like oh this is proof of it and we see that all of, we just see that already yeah 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 and yeah there it's he's the a, fourth episode and they're yeah. already saying that and I just found that really interesting like if I were writing a paper about 30 Rock I might even uh, this is an argument I'd use yeah which is about, yeah the I 
I'm just repeating myself. He's magical. He's magical. And I just love the fact that the music responds to him. And so maybe at first it's so silly that the rat, you know, he's talking to a rat to go get help, but the rat responds to him and runs away. Right, and right. obviously it's help. We also don't see how he gets freed. And so for me, I'm like, what if this actually, the joke isn't that, oh, he's so ridiculous, he talks to a rat. Maybe the joke is the fact that Kenneth is so magical, a rat actually did help him get down. Oh. We just don't see it. <laughs> so I then took that scene, because then I was, my, we talked before how I just think about things so logically sometimes with this show. I go way too abstract. Well, that I'm sitting there, I'm okay. He's breaking into Yankee Stadium, so he needs the nachos. So then he gets over the fence and has to go find a concession stand that's open while the stadium is closed to get the nachos? Or did he go there and, like, get the chips and the cheese and make the nachos? I couldn't figure out (laughs) how he then got, like, so you did the nachos, you did a good job of that, Ken, but... I, I don't know. It was, I was, it's a really funny little weird moment. Tracy, at one point, Kenneth walks into the room. He says, what's the frequency, Ken? Do you know uh, what that, that was, a, that's referencing something. When he says, what's the frequency, Ken? No. Uh, there was a situation where Dan Rather was beat up by a guy. And the whole time he was getting beat up, he kept saying, what's the frequency? What's the frequency? So that's what, uh, yeah. <laughs> When did Dan Rather get beat up? I don't know. I don't what? He did something that didn't make some or I, I think it was just some. Like he was dude interviewing someone and someone punched him? No. It was uh according to IMDB, Tracy asked Kenneth Kenneth what's the frequency Ken is a greeting. Uh what's the frequency Kenneth was a question asked repeatedly of Dan Rather. The CBS news anchor was walking down a street in Manhattan in nineteen eighty six when a man attacked him from behind. After throwing him to the ground, the man, while kicking Rather, kept asking him, what's the frequency, Kenneth? This this bizarre crime was a much-talked-about event and was interpreted as something as I closed my window. Dear Lord. Yeah. Oh, by a song by R.E.M. Oh, okay, that's what it was. Dear Lord, that happened. What a Poor deep Dan cut. Rock. Right? That is a deep cut, 30 Rock Riders. My hat's off to you. That's incredible. Yeah, that was a... Also, poor Dan Rather. I know, poor dude. Uh, poor dude. Sorry, not that I know. This is a lot about our age too. that you and I did not know this happened. I feel like this is probably a huge. Well, eighty six. I wasn't born for. I wasn't born. Yeah, yeah, we weren't born yet. I like at one when Liz finally gets to the point where she needs to tell Jack, like, yo, you can't be in the writers' room. She says, uh, you can't be in here anymore. Which I just heard in my head, you can't sit with us from Mean Girls. It was very Mean Girlsy. Yeah. It was very Mean Girlsy. I wonder where that came from. Mm-hmm. It really bothered me the way they put the fish in the fish tank. Uh, he puts it in wrong. Um, you can't just let a fish into a fish that's tank. You have to, you let, have to like, let it sit there. for a while. Which I learned. Just pet peeve. I had a lot of fish for a while. Bugged me. That's <laughs> I, all. I killed a lot of fish. Um. <laughs> I just love that Tracy's desire is a fish. Like, right? We're only free as long mm-hmm. as we're free to pursue our desires. Also, Ken, Kenneth's Chinese um, was pretty impressive. Right. I was impre- He really puts emphasis into his enunciation. He does a good job, and I appreciate it as... I'm like, I'm like, I chuk mong nat moi. One of my fr- that's Happy New Year in Vietnamese. One that of my was fr- really good. <laughs> One of my friends the other day posted on Facebook and asked me if I could remember how to say cat in Vietnamese, and I'm like gong meow, and but I wrote it out <laughs> gong meow like a cat because that's what I am. But I, I can appreciate Kenneth's it Chinese. He gave really good interpret. He gave a real good like effort into saying it correctly, which is very important. So I don't know if you noticed, but in this episode, there were actually two Star Wars references that I caught. There was so much Star Wars in this episode. I'm like, and which this, continues throughout the series as well. Star Wars in the next episode as well. Did I miss it in the next you episode? You missed it. Oh, my gosh. Maybe when I go through my notes, I'll... We'll come back to it. I'll, we'll touch that, too. But yes, there's so much Star Wars in this show. Her love is clear. Yeah. And at one point, um, I don't remember what this was about, but they referenced something looking like the back of Vader's head. 
And I don't remember what that was about, but I wrote that. So oh, seeing happened. the vulnerability of Jack was like the back of it. Oh, head. yeah, there we go. That's what it was. Like, again, like if you didn't know what Star Wars is, you'll miss some of the jokes. Mm-hmm. As, like, as, Kathleen, who the heck is that? And you're like, mm. <laughs> it's so fun. But yeah, there's, I wanted to say, what was your favorite line? Because I know mine immediately. Oh, uh, you go first. I don't know what my favorite line my is. My favorite line is most definitely when Jack calls pizza greasy peasant food. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> anytime where Jack acts like super, where they, anytime the show deals with like rich people, their their concept of wealth is so absurd and funny to me. And just the way they express, like, greasy peasant food. Uh, I like that one a lot. Uh, that's the oh, MVP. That's the MVP line of the day for me. I don't like, I'm like, I, I'm like, it feels so cliche to be like, oh, but live every, like, like every week, like it's sharp. That's week. not cliche at all. Because that's, that's the what, best that's, line. I know, but that's what I'm like, oh, I should like something different. But I like that one a lot. You're not saying it's your favorite 30 Rock quote ever. You're saying it's your best one episode, in this one episode. Right, it's the, it's the other best line. I just something about greasy peasant food kills me. One other thing that I really want us to pay attention to, because I've kind of noticed it a little bit, are all the time when they're walking around the studio, you hear all the background overhead announcements. And most of the time they're talking about sketches that people need to get called to the floor for or to the studio for if you hear creaking it's because the cat is now standing the cat up is and now stretching. standing on the printer <laughs> so at one point what you hear overhead is josh to the set for sniper talk is what it sounds like um and I then hear that one. another one well and i hear them all because i watch with closed captioning on so you like I end up seeing I know I know I'm old, uh, and then the other one that it's someone so to the floor for homophobic Hague. What does <laughs> that even mean? I don't know, but I think that it it's I, I keep I write them down whenever I hear them because I think they're really entertaining. So there's a new uh, segment that Miss Kimmy wanted to introduce here that she's really excited about. I'm really excited about this one, and I shouldn't <laughs> be, but it's uh, the Cuss Corner, Corner, where because they're on network television, they cannot. Cuss. They cannot cuss. They can't say the things that they want to, all that we normally do to express frustration or, or uh, disappointment. Never. Never. I know. It's network television. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say a lot of things on TV. So they, a lot of times I thought, and maybe they didn't invent these words. Maybe I was just really naive and I only heard them first on 30 Rock. But they have a lot of u- really unique um, cuss or expletive type words that they invent. Um, and I think the first like, big one is this one. Nabbit. I think that one already existed. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they have one. Um, and the first one I see is Wang, which, uh, where Liz gets so upset and she goes, being such a Wang, <laughs> which I love. So I pulled it up on Urban Dictionary and it's already really lovely. Do you remember what you thought that meant? I mean, I thought it was it? penis. Okay, fair enough. That's <laughs> I, what I would have thought. Too. I would have like, like, oh, it's a penis. But uh, it pretty much, first of all, Wang is, ooh, do they have the thing where they say it? Wang. <laughs> Why? They say it. Okay, A, it's a very common Chinese surname. Oh. <laughs> oh. You're being such a Wang, I Mr. Know, Wang. Mr. Wang. B, it's an ancient brand of computer systems. I did not know that. And C, it's, or a B again. Why is there two Bs? <laughs> it's a penis. And then, can I please. <laughs> So this is the thing they said, uh, and then the example is ad placement in papers by a computer cell in the eighties. Learn how to use your wang in three sessions. <laughs> it's so, you know what it sounds like. That makes I wonder if we're in uh, in Friends where Chandler has to give me the weenus. Where's the weenus? Like the weekly 
and what like the net usage statistics or whatever. Exactly, it's probably that's, some weirdo it's acronym. It's got to be some acronym for something computer. Oh, that's um, so good. So that's the cost corner. I, they're gonna cost in a corner. <laughs> only in the corner. You go to the corner after you cast. None of these songs are actually gonna stay. No, it's fine. It's <laughs> these fine. are all terrible songs. Um, one more thing about this episode: there was also no Jenna in this episode. I know another no Jenna episode. Yep. Uh, that's two in a row. Uh, uh, two in a row. Sorry, Jane Krakowski. All right, let's do Jackdor. Kelsey, walk me through Jackdor. Jack wants to be an actor. <laughs> Not a dinosaur. So Jackdor is about an episode where they want to use the show as a way to promote different products. In this case, Snapple, mostly at this point. Um, <laughs> and they're all kind of, the writers are complaining about it. So Jack, uh, their way of, of dealing with it is them complaining about having to do this to an NBC executive and they use Jack in it. So Jack in a sketch, yeah. They write a sketch, a sketch the about the situation. Yeah, so basically it's, I don't know, Jack forces the writers to do something and it backfires. Exactly, uh, which is pretty much everything. But Yeah, that's kind of the... Uh, oh, um, but so a great episode. air date on this one mm-hmm. was two weeks later on November 16th. Director is Don Scardino, who he... They use him a lot. Uh-huh, sports night, West Wing, so he's definitely got some Aaron Sorkin stuff to him. Cosby, Law & Order, Hope & Faith, Mindy Project, Two Broke Girls. Um, he's done... A lot of Two Broke Girls. Oh, yeah. Yay. He's done quite a bit of stuff, so... Well done, Mr. Dan Scardino. He's wonderful. This episode is delightful because it brings us Muffin Top. Yes. Muffin Top is one of the Which best 30 Rock songs. Muffin Top is just one of my favorite songs um, on the show. It pops up a lot, and it's, I don't even know. I just remember this was right when Muffin Top was a thing. Mm-hmm. Where that was like, which I don't, I bet if you went to maybe a high school, like a junior high now, and you said, oh, that girl has a Muffin Top. They, I don't know. I, I don't, don't think that's a thing that's said anymore. I don't know if it's. I don't know. Or is it like Camel Toe, where it lives forever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is our rated R episode. No, in Kelsey's clearly, mind. clearly. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not sharing this link to anybody. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I love Muffin Top, particularly because it's such a gross, weird thing to discuss. And for some reason, of course, Jenna would find this sexy. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, uh, no. And. It comes up at the very end of the episode, but Ghostface Killa is their, like, go-to rapper on this show. He comes up multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I like that they have a go-to rapper. Like, I want to understand that relationship they had with Ghostface Killa. Uh, there's a part of me, and I this might be wrong, that I feel like Ghostface Killer might have been mentioned in Tracy's autobiography. I don't remember. Or are, there, are they, like, bros? Maybe. That would I make sense. I, I am saying that, and I'm saying that very hesitantly. There's something about that, though, that makes me think that. Um, but something happened where the closed captioning said that there was... Um, an orgy at Elizabeth and then it like gets cut off the closed captioning says Elizabeth Hasselbeck (laughs) I was like I wonder if she knows that that is a thing Um, but yeah I think Jack came back from Damon Dash's birthday and something happened like oh yeah there was an orgy at Elizabeth and then the captioning finishes it with Hasselbeck so sorry Elizabeth Hasselbeck that's wonderful what an insight well this is a Robert Carlock episode too we should state that oh yes it's Robert Carlock both of them were Robert Carlock I believe which hit me, it's funny that both of them were also the Jack-named episodes. <laughs> he was the writer. No, the whole synergy topic in this episode is dealt with really beautifully. I almost wonder if they, like this episode, got talked to by the network. And oh, that they're making episode. fun of them, making fun of them. Yeah, it's like it's... ultra meta. They even make a joke about meta jokes where he mm-hmm. says it's the baby humor. Yeah. Um, and his example is, um, what is it, Nixon? Nixon on a show saying, saying Sakatumi. This oh, example yeah, yeah, yeah. of meta humor. Never would I put Nixon and humor and in the humor. same. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, you know what I forgot in my little recap? Oh, failing. And Tracy can't read. Yes, this is How the Tracy is illiterate episode. Horrible. Dang it. This <sighs> this is one of my favorite plot lines because 
I love that they play into the fact that Liz is a little bit racist. Her mm-hmm. white guilt is very strong. But that moment where he gets on the elevator and he just says, that George Will's getting more conservative <laughs> is the whitest sentence ever. And I know that only because my father is a big George Will fan and I grew up watching Got him. Got it, okay. Do you know who George Will no. is? He wears a bow tie and gets political talk stuff. Nice. He's very okay. conservative, but very likable. Okay. I think he's a likable man. He never seems rude. But the idea that Tracy is... <laughs> Listening to, to, to George reading, Will. Reading, not listening. He is reading. I mean, the man looks like Bill Nye. He's got glasses <laughs> and a bow tie. That's the most ridiculous thing. Um, we have the... Oh, in the video of Jack doing the commercial, it just reminded me 100% of any Walt Disney movie. A movie you've seen with Walt Disney in it. Mm-hmm. Him walking around Tomorrowland and this is where we're going to be. Like that sort of thing. Just the, the quality... <laughs> Of the video that just to me it was very. Do you think they did a billion takes with Walt Disney as well? Yep. Um, We also get as part of them doing the product integration in Thirty Rock as opposed into the TGS portion of it. They do this whole Snapple shout out sort of a situation throughout the the whole episode. Snapple bit is delightful. I love it. I just love when it ends with Sri just being like, "I only date guys who drink Snapple." (laughs) Her just staring straight into the camera saying that. Well, what's interesting about that? That's a really popular joke. (laughs) My hiccup. That happens. (laughs) For one hiccup a day. Um, This show, it's really popular right now to do a lot of like really meta product placement Mm -hmm. because people don't watch ads anymore. Brand, um, brand, branded content, product placement is super important. But I don't remember any show before this being so cheeky about it. Like now this is a really common thing to do. Like have you watched Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee? No. Really wonderful. Do you know what that is? Uh, there's something about that that sounds familiar to me. But I Jerry Seinfeld gets people, gets comedian into cars and they drive around. They get coffee right. Okay. They okay. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. It's yeah. Absolutely delightful. There's a whole bunch of jazz music in it. It is the most soothing thing you'll ever watch. Okay. Oh my gosh, it calms me down so much. And they do a lot of product placement with these cars, and what he always says is, he goes, "Hmm, wait a minute. I think our product placement is coming soon." And then it drives up, and he goes, "Oh, oh there we go." Funny. Like they, they're very playful with it. Yeah. But to me, I feel like all that stuff is very indebted to Thirty Rock. This snap well, a bit. I can tell one other one, and part of me, I'm like, I've I've watched all of Gilmore Girls several times. Um, that there is an episode where Rory gets a sidekick. Oh. And that's like a big deal about it. They, they do, but is it as aware? Like, are they playing with it? Like, oh, no, I guess they're not playing placement. with it. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's not the same way, but it's very obvious. You're like, Ugh. I was going to say, product placement's yeah, yeah. been a thing forever in TV. It's, I mean, did you ever see Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? I saw that that's with a movie. you at Comic Con. Oh, we were at Comic Con together. I forgot <laughs> you were at that. I was there. That was delightful. <laughs> we saw that with the, them all in the room. They were all in the room, but like the, the Coke Coke Zero Sarah thing. My heart. Oh, yeah, yeah no. Cool. So, product placement's huge. What I love about the show is how much they're turning it on itself. That they're like, look at this they're joking about it yeah and it is delightful so i really really enjoy that aspect of this episode i also love that tina that uh tina damn it i gotta get this straight (laughs) how liz lemon's statistics are terrible what is the line that there are more uh there are more people literate in the sudan oh yeah there are more he's what she said there are more people graduating from from high school in the sudan than there are in in america America or something she's like or was it teen pregnancy in sweden (laughs) (laughs) um and i i may have pulled i didn't get the actual facts but i was i pulled it up and i forgot to write it down trying to figure out what the actual um teen pregnancy stats were in sweden at the time and i think it's something that they were actually really really low um but i may have tried to look that up and then i failed Without. So they beat us in teen pregnancy. I think so. Or Dang it. in l- lack of teen pregnancy. Yeah. No, I just love that. It reminds me of that Portlandia bit where, where they're all competing about what they've read and what the, uh, what the New Yorker says and whatnot. I've never seen Portlandia. Oh, I think I would probably like I've heard oh, that I would Portlandia like it. Portlandia is perfect. <laughs> it pretty much makes you just realize how absurd you are. Oh, and then lets you love yourself anyway. I like it. That's it's, a good thing. It's delightful. Plus, it's Fred Armisen. <laughs> um, 
so like we get to this whole thing where like oh tracy can't read and i was very shocked and confused and that jenna noticed sooner than liz did that tracy wasn't sticking to the script about Mm -hmm. things because jenna doesn't pay attention to anybody but herself but all of a sudden she's like excuse me tracy but i guess because it pertains to her i think she notices that's why but when like going back on like this whole tracy can't read storyline at one point part of the reason why liz is assuming tracy can't well number one he does the crossword puzzle with the smiley faces which that's how i do them too so it's fine but (laughs) we really Oh. <laughs> is that not how you're supposed to do crossword puzzles? Well, the funny thing about all those things that he's doing wrong before they insinuate insinuate that he's illiterate, it's like, well, he's literate and he's still doing these things. Right. It's, what he's is, bored. He's what's tired. What's worse? He's, yeah, that's true. What's worse? Like the fact that he's literate and he just always goes through emergency exits. <laughs> that's why I'm always running to the ladies' bathroom. Uh, but that I was kind of interesting that at one point she goes to his mailbox and sees that it's just overflowing with things. And I had two things to say about that. Number one, my mailbox at work is always overflowing because I don't want to walk to the production room to get my mail. And you're illiterate, so... Yeah, right, exactly. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> I, I'm worried they're going to figure it out eventually. Um, and then the other thing, later on, there is a situation that involves... I'm not going to say all the details, but like Kenneth goes to Liz and she's basically is like, I looked in your mailbox and it's overflowing just with a certain type of brochure. And I'm like, all right, Liz, we know that you can read, but later on you don't check your mailbox either. So I don't think that that is a fail, a fair um, gauge as to whether Tracy can read or not, because she left those brochures in there. (laughs) That was just me. Bone to pick. Mm, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Then we get the Star Wars reference. I did write it down. I just forgot it when we were talking about the other one. There, so Twofer and Frank decide they want to play a prank on Jenna because she's getting all paranoid. Um, and so they decide to pick on her by telling her this, that Jack needs to cut an actress or an actor by saying that my friend in accounting, Lando Calrissian, <laughs> um, is going, that Jack is going to fire an actor. And Jenna, who clearly was in that group of people that did not think Star Wars was cool. Clearly, yeah, no, that's what it used to be like. Now Jenna would be wearing Star Wars shirts and be like, oh my god, I love Mm BB-8. He's so hot. She would. She would be so into (laughs) BB-8. But yeah. She would talk about how she made out with BB-8 at a party, at the after party. That would be Jenna's joke. So... (laughs) No, I love... That was one of my favorite Star Wars references, actually. (laughs) Because, Because, you know how, like, in an Aaron Sorkin show... Every character likes all the same stuff. Like, they all have the same voice in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. Like, there's that episode of West Wing where they're all arguing about different... What is it? Uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. There's an episode of West Wing where every Mm -hmm. character is arguing about Gilbert and Sullivan musicals. There is no office on this planet where, unless it's an opera office... That's Ainsley's one of her first episodes. Yeah, but there's Mm -hmm. no office on Earth where every single person's like, no, this Gilbert and Sullivan musical. It's clearly Aaron Sorkin infecting every character. You all know this. You all... Like, there's no way that would actually happen. It's part of the Aaron Sorkin universe that everyone happens to know about Gilbert and Sullivan. In this universe, it's it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Except for, like, the, the weird kooky characters everyone knows about star wars which delights me it's true at one point when uh they're talking about the sketch that jack's gonna be in and liz like i'll fax me changes by 9 a.m and just anyone faxing anything and i know this was 2006 so i know that that might have been some current technology but you don't have to use faxes at work anymore oh i have to use them I, that is so archaic. I hate faxes, but that I use them. Faxing is so horrible. It just... Ugh. Wow, you have strong feelings I, about I have faxes. very strong feelings about faxing. We've, we've, we have 
gotten away from it in a lot of areas at work. We still have to use it for certain things, and I, I loathe it, it every time. I hate it. A lot of people have to reach me by fax, and it's really frustrating. Oh, that's horrible. It doesn't work a lot. That's now you good. pity me. <laughs> I think this episode really is the first time Jonathan comes out as like, Yes, this is the first episode where Jonathan, we really see Jonathan's love of Jack. He starts showing up a bit in the last one. But yeah, in this episode, it becomes very clear, particularly when they're arguing with him about wanting to do it. And he calls them all, oh, I'm sorry, you're James Joyce. He calls them all his artists. And John, did you see Jonathan's face? <laughs> he's in the background. Livid. Like- <laughs> no, he's just furious. Like, how dare she challenge him? The fury on his face. So I like that they made a choice episode. Maybe Jonathan's like really obsessed with Jack. Yeah. Like, this is a good call. I like it. I'm glad they gave him more of a role. Because uh, he, that actor is really, really funny, and his, the absurdity of that character of the obsessed assistant is really lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, first sign of real love. It's definitely the first sign of real love. I love that in him showing his love for Jack, that this is just just an awesome Thirty Rock thing where he shows them the outtakes of Jack trying to make the synergy episode, and I. I'm the voice of my company. I like to do all the recording. When you call our company, I'm the voice you hear saying, thank you for calling. It took me, there were there were probably 10 different recordings I had to do. And it took me at least an entire day, if not then going back and redoing it. So I can appreciate rec- recording something taking a while. Like I, I get it. But then, you know, it took five days and it just went on and on and on and on. And I just like that 30 Rock didn't just say like three to five times they'll get it. Like, no, let's really show them how long this took. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated that. But him getting stuck in the easel was was kind of <gasps> Excuse me. It was kind of awesome. <laughs> him getting stuck in the easel was great. I want to actually back up. This episode is really, the the synergy thing really pops up. And I think we discussed it before. My concept of business pretty much is all born from the show. And synergy is really explained <laughs> in this. And I just love that his example of synergy is using a direct current drilling motor for um, <laughs> uh, for out like uh, like oil drilling, mm-hmm. which is delightful because I was trying to imagine any sketch where a character's really excited that he bought this thing and it works. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the perfect example. So then Liz, or not Liz, I'm sorry, Jenna is trying to figure out how to save her job by she wants to use her sexuality to save her job and she's going to talk with Jack and, oh, I'm going to go to Jack's boss and she ends up hitting on and sleeping with Jack's fake boss from the sketch. I love that. I love that <laughs> bit with the fake boss uh, with the dairy creamer mm-hmm. purely because that's absurd but I've pulled that kind of thing on accident before where I was with a guy I liked and like god this is like I don't want to say when this is because it's a little embarrassing but it was like right after college and I liked him and I was with a bunch of people and they were doing the cinnamon challenge and, I, and I've <laughs> beaten the cinnamon challenge so I was like oh, I'm a shine this is going to be my moment I'm going to do great so I did it and of course the first time was a fluke I did not and I just ended up coughing over a sink for like 10 minutes not sexy didn't no. didn't play to my so, advantage. Yeah, how, did that, how did that work out? You know what? We ended up dating for a couple months actually, so it was great. But so I guess it worked. There we go. Hey, but that uh, I like felt for her in that moment because I've definitely done that. Why is coffee? Coughing is the least sexy thing. Oh, that can it's happen. so un- because. It's so oh, gross. It's not it's attractive that at whole all. bit with the with the, the boss Ron, I, and I think one of the best moments of her acting in that episode is when he comes up to like defend her later. Like oh, I think it sounds great. Hello, Ron, and just pulls him away. It's just so mournful. It's so mournful. <laughs> the first time that I think Jenna has ever regretted sleeping with somebody. No. Wait, wait. And it wasn't just oh he's not really Jack's real boss. All right, it was like 
he's an extra. He doesn't have lines. <laughs> that's where that's where the the real complete distaste for their self came mm-hmm. from. I also want to give Pete the like gold star of amazing for him his face while she has to try her groans. No, I know like the the, the ah, like don't even do it. don't even do it. What are you doing? Why are you reacting it? I was trying to quote it. When you're quoting something, that's a that that's a noise. You kind of have to. Kelsey, the no. First one. Sorry, I won't ever don't do, do that, that noise. Ever don't again. do that noise. That was horribly funny. That was um, horribly funny. We talked. We've talked a lot about the racism and stuff, but how Liz at one point she's like, white guilt should only be used for over tipping and for support supporting Barack Obama, and. This aired in 2006. Obama was elected to oh, eight. No, they so were on the Obama this, train. Oh, this, I couldn't remember if it had started yet or not. It, pro- it probably had because it was about... Mm, I don't think the primary hadn't happened. This primary is weird that we're in right now because it, it starts it's, so early. Yeah. That primary hadn't started yet when that came out. But it was like, I mean, usually it's, the word is in the yeah. air for like a year beforehand of who's going to run. Yeah. We've known Jeb Bush was going to run for like three years, right? right? right. So they've known for a while, but it hadn't come yet. But this show was like on the Barack train for a long yeah. time, which I really, which I mean, they did well. I love when Liz and Jack, no, sorry, Liz and Pete are trying to get Tracy to admit that he can read and all this stuff. But I love when they knock on the door to go in to talk to Tracy and his response is, summon, <laughs> like, He's saying summon, but he's just saying it really funny. They oh, I couldn't. Goes, I've never known summon. what he says right there. I was like, is he mispronouncing come in? Is no, that part of the bit? He's saying summon. <laughs> summon. Oh, is that what showed up on closed captioning? It's what showed up on closed captioning. Gosh, closed captioning thing is actually really getting to the bottom of some of my curiosities. It's a, dude, I love closed captioning. Well, Donald Glover's in this episode. This is the, Donald Glover appears. Did you not see him? No, because I know he appears later on when it's a flashback No, he's in Tracy. this episode when Ron is eating. He's like, you can't eat this. He's like, you're in costume. You can't eat. And he's like, oh, oh he's that's the guy Donald Glover. Cameo. Well, he's not a cameo. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Well, and this was because he was a writer on the show. Yeah, he wrote, right? yeah, he so was one of the writers. They pulled him out of it. He was living in NYU you the first year they're writing this which blows my mind one of the funniest human beings on this planet is donald glover that man childish gambino um (laughs) like credits um i wanted to take note that liz lemon's clothing game really got uh better and her hair was better this time her hair was better she wore a lot of like i think there was like three kind of sexy dresses in this Mm -hmm. which i was impressed because she has really been rocking the hoodie kind of sweater (laughs) and jeans but she wore two dresses one of her tops was real low cut yeah. I was very impressed. I was like, oh, look like at you. Look at you bit. as a bit of a lady. I was very impressed with that. And I also did not understand why the heck Jenna was wearing that French outfit. <laughs> if you watch any like any sketch show, that's her actual hair. To any sketch show, they're always wearing wigs. Everything absurd. Can you imagine getting that off and getting done up for another sketch within a minute? No, thank it you. It was just absurd. I was like, we're trying to play into the coquettishness of her. That outfit made no sense to me whatsoever, but she looked amazing. Right. She can rock it. Um, I love when whatever... Well, anybody talks and you get just more background to the people, the characters. Um, I'm like, <laughs> Josh ate a club sandwich with a toothpick in it at one point. But also that Jenna was once engaged to David Blaine. <laughs> um, we learned that. Do you not remember this? This was in a different episode. No, it's it? in this episode that she, Liz is when he's like, talk her down. Like, you need to talk me down. One of your actors. And he's like, you can oh, do this. Yeah. Josh can do it. He once ate a sandwich with a toothpick in it. Jenna was once engaged to David Blaine. Like, the, I just when you just hear the little bit of background stuff about the characters, like, Oh, all right. So I know. They're really good at fleshing out the characters, which yeah. I, I, in really weird ways. In really, really weird ways. And for Muffin Top, we've got Ghostface Killer. We also have Yo-Yo Ma. 
Yes, I know, but you don't see Yo Yo Ma. You don't see him, but I love the idea of Ghostface Killer and Yo Yo Ma. All those people in a room. Well, this is the funny thing is Kenneth isn't in this episode at all, except in the background. Except in the background of the music video. Well, he's not in the music video with Ghostface Killer and Muffin Top. But when they're all watching Muffin Top, that's the only time we see Kenneth. Oh, interesting. Is in the background. Yeah, so I thought. So what was Jack McBrayer up to? Mm hmm. I would read Tracy's calm musings in Ebony Magazine. I think that would be a wonderful thing. What do you think he writes? What does he muse about? You know, he, I think he probably talks, talks, I think he just talks about himself. I don't think, although after having read his, Tracy Morgan's book, he probably talks about the Civil War. Um, that's my assumption. Uh, or also, I like the the idea that he writes just out his, like, live every life like a chart week and mm-hmm. have some self-respect pigeon. Don't yeah. you can fly? Like, that sort of stuff. That, yeah. I'm so excited to get to that line, by the way. Mm. I love when at the very end we're finding like Jack's about to go on and stuff and Liz here's some final rewrites and hands in the script and and he looks at me like these pages are blank and she's like oh flip them over I remember the first time I saw this episode him going these pages are blank and my heart going oh she's just saying just do what you need to do like that's <laughs> that's what I took it as and then half a second later he flips it over and it's there but I remember thinking like oh how sweet like she was just making it like just you know what you're doing I'm confident in you you don't need a script I'm like oh Never mind. They weren't being that nice. It's fine. It's fine. Can you imagine Tracy at a Pat Benatar concert? <laughs> Which also, Pat Benatar, I looked this up, has been on tour almost every single year since at least the 80s. Well, so she makes her money. That. Well, but she, but his line is that, you know, you can never see Pat Benatar live. <laughs> he says something about that. And I was, I looked, except for at one point there was nothing because she was pregnant. And so she cut her tour short and then was had a baby. But she's been on tour for forever. So excuse the me. The things you get hung up on in this <laughs> show. <laughs> I just, I swear every writer's room must be afraid of, of you. I'm like, excuse me. She was, I was. Facts check. <laughs> I was trying to see if specifically Pat Benatar wasn't on tour in 2006, maybe. But no, she was. This episode and the other episode are both really great because they really start establishing that like slightly inappropriate but really warm dynamic between Liz, the writers, and Jack. Yeah. He starts getting really involved creatively because honestly, it doesn't make sense. Executives are not this involved oh, not with their all. staff. Yeah. But we see over and over him getting really ingrained into that world and really sucked in yeah. to that to their world. And, and I, I think he... He he wants to be a part of it. He really wants that, but he slowly realizes, like, okay, I'm really not that good at it. Like, you, you hire the people that can do the stuff that you can't do, and he gets that. But I think he starts in, I can do everything, I can, and then oh, maybe I can't do that. Yeah, I can't do that. Uh, you guys just do that, and I'll just I'll just peep in every now and then to make sure you have pizza. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but I I really enjoy that they break the fourth wall in this episode too. When do they break the fourth When wall? she's like, and remember, don't look at the camera. And he just oh, looks straight yeah, yeah. into the camera. I wrote that too. Actually, now I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Broke the fourth wall. It's really charming. Thank you. And thank you, Ibsen. Um, I did think that it was interesting because part of when Jenna's doing her whole thing and she wants to get back at Tufer and Frank for <laughs> forcing her to sleep with Ron the extra, that when she goes to try and pull the prank of getting one of them to go up on the roof naked because she wants to have sex with him, that she goes to Tufer first. Like, I would go to Frank first instantly like two first just too smart why oh because he'd figure it he out would have figured it out instantly yeah i'm like not because i would choose to sleep with two for over frank if or you know whatever the situation but i wouldn't have gone to two for first i would have gone to frank to try and tease him to try and convince him to get up on the roof i'm glad that your sexuality has more of a strategy <laughs> than jenna's oh. no. uh, and then last but not least about this episode 
I we only saw one hat. I think Frank's right? hats. Frank. I hat. know he he only had the one this time. What was the hat? Handheld. Hand. Which I I guess he's handheld. What does that even like, mean? Is he hand, does he like handheld games? Maybe. I does he want his handheld? He's not one of my favorite ones. For a girlfriend. I I don't. There's. It's very what's ambiguous. This is not one of my favorite. Uh, Frank Hatz. No, like it was kind of late, but there was a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, it, it's fair. And that's all he's wearing at the very end. It's just yes. a hat and a plant. And a plant. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack going, lemon! Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of your men is on our, my front porch or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have an update. Update. I have an update about samovars. Yes, we were samovars. so into okay, we the talked Turkish about it. tea thing. It's Russian. It's like uh, a huge Russian tea. My mother gave me a 10-minute spiel about this oh when I was home the other weekend <laughs> because it's, it's an Ibsen, and samovars are very important parts of Russian culture. It was, it takes, you can make the tea to your own specificity because it's all those nozzles, okay. but it's a part of Russian tea culture because Russian tea culture is just as vague to possibly bigger than British tea culture. So it is not a cappuccino machine. It's not a cappuccino machine, mm, which the way Tufer talks about it, he is full of it. He doesn't yep, know. Yep, he doesn't know anything. Either that or the writers don't know. But I think it's two for. I think those writers have read Ibsen. I think they know. They knew. Then they were like two for. You know what? This is my second Ibsen reference this episode. <laughs> well I'm like done. killing it with Ibsen. My mother is teaching it in her class, so she's talking about uh, it. Yeah. I went home last week and I heard all about Ibsen. And you're all Ibsenful. Mm-hmm. Like Ibsenful. Ibsenful. <laughs> All right, well, I think that has been episode three of Talk 30. Yeah, we covered it all. One last thing. Um, you can find us on social media and contact we us. We have social media. We do. And you can find us on everything Talk 30 to me pod. Um, I was telling Kimmy, I don't like pod, but it's less characters. So it makes it easier for tweeting. Um, so it's Talk 330TOME on Twitter, Instagram, um, and our Gmail is talk 30 to me pod at gmail.com. So send us emails. Tell us if you like us or don't like us, I guess. Um, don't tell us if you don't like us. Um, <laughs> tweet at us. Follow us. Yeah, that's us. and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.